Hey, you're listening to Talk CXO Life and I'm your host, Sunayana. Vivek Bhargava, CEO, DAN Performance Group, heads the digital performance agencies of the reputed Densu Aegis Network. From a time when digital meant at the most having an add-on CD to a corporate brochure to now when it is omnipresent, the journey has been a promising one for Vivek, who's regarded as among the top digital minds in India today. And if anything makes for as enthralling a story is Vivek's passion for table tennis, a sport he picked up as a seven-year-old. He has won a bronze in the 30-plus age category and a silver in the doubles at national level. Vivek also owns a table tennis team, Challengers, in the Ultimate Table Tennis League. Vivek is also an avid chess player and an amateur paragliding pilot. In this segment, Vivek Bhargav speaks of his brush with the digital idea, his plunge into entrepreneurship and his digital journey. He also delves upon some interesting philosophies on increasing his happiness baseline every day and how he's obsessive about it, how setting goals is detrimental and why he would rather set a discipline. The central one being the happiness discipline. When you step into digital, like nobody even knew that. And you actually made such a flourishing thriving, of course. But now when you look back, you, people would have called you mad. No, they did. So I think, you know, uh, I'll give you two stories which are interesting, right? So what happened was when I was starting this company, my father told me, he says, hey, listen, you're starting this company is good. Communicate to. I'll communicate to. 1997, right? Uh, but I knew what you should do. You start a company. You appoint a general manager. Go and spend a few hours with them every day uh, and get it to a certain level, right? Because uh, very ominously he told me that if you leave the family business, mm. then you'll not be able to join back. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I was like 23 years old by the way. Yeah? Mm. So I made it like, you know, I was reading all these Dick Zilla books and like burning your boats, all that shit. I said, you know what? Kuch bhi ho jayega. I almost like burned my boats. When I went through tough times, if I had not made this uh, whole ego thing and announced it mm. to every single person I knew that there's no way I'm going to sell tablas, I would have gone back to family business many times. My father started it, Bhargava's music, uh, I think 1942. 1942. Uh, how he started it was very interesting, right? So my grandfather passed away when he was 17 years old. He had four siblings, ranging from the youngest being three years or four years old. Okay. They were in Mathura. Mm-hmm. And my dad decided to take all the siblings and come to Bombay. Mm-hmm. So all the elders in the village told him that, you know, what do you do in Bombay? How will you survive? What will you do? Uh, stay back in Mathura. So he said that, you know, if I stay back in Mathura, would you guys take care of us? He says, I don't worry. God will take care of you. So he said, God will take care of us in Bombay too. <laughs> and he left and wow. he came to Bombay. Right, with four siblings and this mm-hmm. it's unbelievable thinking of it now that a kid who's 70 years old right. leaves everything. The reason I'm sitting in front of you is because this right. brave kid had the audacity to challenge the elders and come to Bombay when he was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. He built up the business, Prabhagava grew from scratch, which is into so at that point in time he started with a partner where he did manufacturing, plastics, uh, musical instruments, imports, imports, uh, he fired with uh, formica sheets, which you make tongue cleaners, 
you know, if you see his stories, he is the, one of the true entrepreneurs that you can imagine. And at each point of time, there's been so much that I've learned from him. So you have the perfect guru at that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how you began your entrepreneurial journey itself. So, I mean, you know, not only that, right? So what happens is, like an example, I was sitting at a dinner table, I was 10 years old. Okay. So he said, do you know the difference between a job and a business? Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking, I'm 10 years old, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I'm going to go down to play right now, will I get batting or not? <laughs> that's what my thoughts are, right? It's like, he says, like, this is like completely out of the syllabus for me. <laughs> what business and job? I'm 10 years old, right? I said, no, I said, like, obviously, yeah, tell me. So he says that, see, listen, if, if your income is 100 rupees, you have to spend 90 rupees, right? So as long as you spend less than what you earn, you'll be happy in a job. Mm-hmm. In business, is different. Mm-hmm. You can spend a crore rupees. All you do is earn more than that. So there's no limitation in capital, mm-hmm. sort of, on spending. You can spend as much as you want, just make sure you earn more than that. I'm thinking 10 years old, I'm business karunga. <laughs> So I think the business family is right. right. They put this DNA of entrepreneurship in kids when they don't even understand it. Ten years had passed when I started communicate too. Mm-hmm. And my father sat me down very seriously and he said that, Vivek, uh, you know, you get up in the morning at six o'clock and you head to the office. You sometimes come at two o'clock in the night. Even Saturday, Sunday, you are at work. You know, then he says, you know, in our whole family, I think you work the hardest. Like I was like, patting my back, <laughs> finally, finally. And you know, you had this thing about your dad, right? right. You're like a aspiring role model for me. So you know, you, you want vindication from him mm-hmm. that, you know, you are doing this, right? So just when I was about to like, you know, really say thank you, he says, but you know Enough what? <laughs> no, why do you make the least amount of money? <laughs> <laughs> so like, I still remember what I told him, I said, you know what? Uh, uh, <laughs> God has given me less brains so I need to work harder and he laughed I laughed and the fact of the matter was like you know honestly then I went out to explain to him I said I do this because it makes me happier and maybe I have you know a rupee less than some of the family members it doesn't matter this is what gives me joy and hopefully right money will come but if it doesn't come right I still I feel I'll be happier like it's almost like a three dates movie played uh-huh. all over again. Three dates have not come out by then. But, but the fact of the matter is, this is what gave me joy. And I've always pursued joy. So that's what you always pursue. Yeah, I'm very clear. If there is a conflict between money and joy, joy will win. And I've always seen that whenever I've let joy win, in, in the larger scheme of things, it ended up giving me more money in any case. Right. right. Because whenever, if I would make a choice of money, fast forward five years, ten years, I end up making less money by choosing money. Right. So the more you pursue joy and happiness, the more end money you end up making in any case. But pursuing happiness is like, isn't it like an illusion? So, How would you... so I'll tell you what my thinking is, right? I think happiness is an illusion. Mm-hmm. But becoming happier is not. So let me give you an example, right? Let's say everybody is at a certain level of a baseline if I would take a happiness portion. If zero is misery and 100 is ecstasy, Let's say if you're an optimistic person, you could be 70. Mm-hmm. I'm a pessimistic person, I'm be 30. When something happens in your life, right? You win a lottery, you win a Grammy, you basically get, purely speaking, a disease that you don't want. Your 70 will become 30 or your 70 will become 90 based on the positive or negative disease, a negative event. But after three months, you'll come back to 70. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what has happened. 
there have been cases where people have won a lottery and got paralyzed. Right. And for three months, they were back to the baseline. What are the baseline was? Mm. So my belief is that how do you increase your baseline? How do you take a 70 to 71, 72, 75? And how do you take it to 90? So your baseline should become 90. That comes by following a happiness discipline. What are the things that increase your baseline? When you do it every day, then your baseline will increase. Your 70 will become 80. So that is actually not an illusion. And I'm constantly working on it. Right? I'm pretty sure about it that if, God forbid, a curveball comes in my life, whether it's positive or negative, I'll come back to this baseline which is higher than what it was five years ago. Right? And it's nothing to do with money. Because what happens is, I've seen that I went through tough times mm-hmm. when, let's say financially, I was not very well off. Uh, it was always a tough journey you know, on the entrepreneurship, but I was definitely happier mm-hmm. than a lot of people I knew who had significantly more capital than me. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I was working on these things every day. So that's what, I don't believe that's an illusion. I believe there is a baseline. And your attempt in life should be to increase the baseline of happiness. You no, know, uh, ironically speaking, also in the whole digital age, when we're trying to connect, uh, but what are we connecting to? And, you know, what are we disconnecting ourselves from? There's this fear of missing out suddenly. And we are constantly on the go. Everyone wants information. It's all information. You know, what is the information that you filter and take? And even personally speaking, and you are right there in the pool of the entire thing. But at the same time, you have managed to connect to yourself as well, which is not really the, the thing with everyone else around, you know. So how have you been managing to stay so connected? So I think there's a trick to it, right? So I think it's very important that uh, you have certain disciplines in life, mm-hmm. right? And have certain... So a lot of people, they make the mistake of actually having goals, right? right? Actually it's goals... Yeah, it's a mistake. Mm-hmm. I'll you what the problem is, right? But tell you that I want to run a marathon, Right? Just by seeing it, I'm getting joy. It's gratification. Then whether I run it or not, I'm not going to meet you and you're not going to follow up even if I've not run the marathon. You don't ask me if you run the marathon, right? Mm-hmm. You don't care. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that I got my gratification with just saying it. Mm-hmm. But instead of that, what if I could convert it into a discipline? And I say that I'm going to run one hour every day for the next one year. Now what happens is mm-hmm. if I've sold it to 20 people, and then I'm not running one hour every day. Till the time I run one hour every day for a year, I won't get the satisfaction. Mm. So what people should do is keep the goal to themselves, but create a discipline. Mm. So as soon as you make it a discipline, mm. right? So I'm very clear. Every quarter I learn something. Action points. Action points. And the thing is they're part of your discipline. So what happens is I'm going to read half an hour every day in the story. Mm. Right? I'm going to watch a TED video once every two days. I'm going to do this every day. So what happens is then you automatically make it a part of your life mm-hmm. without having goals. So goals in our mind, and I see all those goals get achieved automatically as long as I follow the discipline. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm going to take coaching or table tennis every three times a week. I'm going to do multi-ball training, but I'm not going to play matches. Mm-hmm. So the coach comes in, we're doing multi-ball training, the boring thing to do, but it improves my game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I want to be India number one. Because just by saying it, yeah. I get gratification. I may not become... But if I practice multiple training and do drills every day and I exercise and I become fitter, then it may get me closer to India number one in any case. You won a silver, right? Yeah, so and I won a silver, but in doubles. In doubles. Ideally, I would like to <laughs> perform better in singles, but my singles performance in the last three years have gone up substantially. So I've never been semi finals, at least semi finals in singles. 
I beat the last state champion Maharashtra in the quarterfinals. Mm. So my game has improved substantially. But again, in three years plus category. But I've top 10 India men singles player. I've beaten in a set, which is the best of five. So, yeah. so. But it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. To and see, this is not a career sport for me. And right. you can't. You, there's no career in it. Mm. But I decided that I want to improve. Mm. So I don't have a goal in it. But discipline. I'm doing boring shit in table tennis because taking the same thousand balls and doing the same serves again and again is boring as hell. But I know that it improves my services. Mm. So I I make sure that I put in time to improve myself. Whether it's speaking, whether it's stand-up comedy, whether it's anything, and that discipline. So I've read voraciously also, right? So if you take a four-hour work week of Tim Ferriss, or you take uh, I did a workshop in. Uh, Toronto, but I would fly from here all the way to Toronto do a one-day workshop and come back. Mm. There's a guy called Dan Sullivan, a 70-year-old guy who be running the workshop for 30 years. So he teaches you something called USP, right? Unique mm. selling point. But what he takes you to the next level, he says that okay, every single task that I do, my first thing is, can somebody else do it? Can he do it? 90% of what I can do. Is this something that I can train that guy to do? And this is something that only I can do. As soon as it comes to, and not only that, only I can do, and I enjoy doing it. So even if I can do it, but I don't enjoy doing it, I won't do. It. Similarly, like a lot of things, 90% is good enough, mm. right? A lot of people spend a lot of time in trying to make 100% of it. Mm. If it takes 100 hours to do 90%, it takes 500 hours to do 100%. Mm. But 95% of things, 90% is good enough. Right now at Kohl's, take an extra 25% off top active brands, including Under Armour for her. Get Nike shoes for the family, 48.75 and under, and save on Levi's denim for the family. Plus, get limited contact store drive up, and get even more for your wallet with Kohl's cash. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. 25% off Under Armour ends August 9th. Nike ends August 8th. Levi's sale ends August 30th. Offers and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.